Welcome to episode number 174 of the Canadian Prepper podcast. We're recording on August the 21st, 2022. My name is Eric, host of the show based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham, op- ham- <laughs> can't talk tonight, ham radio operator and computer geek. Uh, as a first responder, witness an over-reliance on emergency services, started a small preparedness company to help people get better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. I'm Alan. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. And between you not being able to talk and my dog barking in the background, we're off to a great start. That's all right. (laughs) I'm Scott, a first responder from Ontario. I like learning things and I worry about our fragile infrastructure. And I'm Jeff. I'm based in central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, radio operator, general overall handyman, and weather nerd. Want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air? Buy some swag. We have both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the tactical Velcro patch at www.prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds keep the lights on and help keep the backup wood gas fire fueled. (laughs) You know you can't give me that blurb without me doing that. Come on. This is true. This is true. And if you are enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook, submit a review on iTunes. We also want your feedback, good, bad, or even if there's just a topic other than wood gasifiers you want us to cover, you can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got some illuminating content for you in this episode. We're going to start off as usual with some news articles. We're going to update you on our preps since our last episode. Then we're going to get into the main topic. We're going to be talking about flashlights and uh, batteries this evening. So let's move into the news. I put two articles in here, one from USA Today. They put an article up about survival gardens, which will help people survive among rising inflation. Uh, We used to call these victory gardens, and that was back in Scott's day. And then before that, they were just gardens. the, the article kind of goes in a little bit more detail about, you know, can you actually save money doing this and, and some of the basic tools and some of the basic setups, depending on the, the space that you have. So that was, uh, I found that one kind of interesting. And the other one that I found was from Outside Magazine, and it was their best wilderness survival strategies based on a, a, a review of 103 uh, occurrences of successful rescue. Great. I've got uh, an article in here from, if I can find my spot in the notes, there we go, uh, from the Toronto Sun. Uh, it's titled, Ooh, What's Emergency yes. Preparedness? I know, right? Ah, but I, I figured it, it, yeah, but it, it's actually, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say decent article, but I like a couple of things in it. So, uh, it was sourced is, somewhere else. It was sourced somewhere else. Had to have, had to yeah. have been, and then just reprinted by the Sun. Almost guaranteed. You know what? Just move on. I'm not touching on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, the title is "What Does Emergency Emergency Preparedness Actually Mean?" And uh, just a couple of quotes from the article. Uh, the official definition of emergency preparedness is actions taken prior to an emergency or disaster to ensure an effective response. Um, or they go on to say a layperson's definition would be make uh, bad things less as a, less of an unknown strategically uh, emergency preparedness tries to reduce the amount of panic and randomness in human behavior when disaster occurs. So there's not, there are some good, good definitions and they fit uh, quite well with the podcast. So, well, it's also kind of nice that the rest of the world is catching up to the way we think. 
This is true. I, I don't know if the sun's the rest of the world, but you are seeing a lot more articles around of of yep. kind of mainstream media, whatever, saying, you know, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen, and they're doing stories on people having gardens and all that stuff, and so. Like Scott says, they're they're way way behind the times, but at least it's it's getting some traction now finally. So, well, and the more prepared that your neighbors are, the better off you are, right? If your entire neighborhood, everyone can feed themselves from their garden, yeah, life carries on fairly normally. Mm -hmm. Depending on your definition of normal. Right. Uh, Jeff, you got an article? Yeah, I uh, I just <laughs> threw one in here. We we talk about this frequently in our nice uh, supply chain issue. The United Kingdom, uh, their dock workers have decided that uh, now would be an appropriate time to go on an eight-day strike. So no yeah. unloading or loading of ships, nothing going in and out. Um, I mean, I guess if you're, you're on one side of it, now's the time to do it to try and put the heat on to get more of what you want, but you're only going to continue to hurt your own people. So yeah. yeah, be prepared for more supply chain issues. Great. Great. That's swell. Yep. Yeah. Just fabulous. really excited about that. Yep. That's just awesome. Scott, uh, any uh, news articles for you? Yeah, there's a bit of a solar flare CME event that's been going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. you might start noticing some uh, differences in radio propagation, some, uh, some more of the, the northern lights. Um, yep. uh, in terms of the, the sun's solar cycle, it, you know, we keep hearing that it's starting to ramp up, and we're starting to see proof of this. Uh, I don't think this one is uh, a risk of causing any serious damage, but that doesn't mean that, you know, the next one won't be uh, more of a problem. So that's one that's sort of... Been, it's certainly been screwing with ham radio the last couple of days. Tell yeah. You much. But uh, I think I'm the only one on the panel that's going to get mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of what I've done lately for preps... Um, just to, to embrace my inner radio nerd, I got a couple of new little handhelds that uh, I'm excited to play with. Um, trying to get some comms up in amongst my uh, my local mag so that we can all chat easily. Um, nice. I made I've built a couple of Faraday bags. Um, I've over the years ordered one or two from uh, uh, some from Rapid Survival, a couple other places online. Um, I've tried making boxes and I find it's really hard to get a good seal in the box uh, just in terms of doing the kind of Bluetooth headphone test and the bags seem to just seal so much easier. So I decided to make a large bag that would fit inside the Pelican box that I had for some radio equipment and stuff and it worked out quite nicely. So it's a double layer bag that seems to be doing the trick. Um, you know, check the website after an EMP and I'll let you know how it worked. <laughs> what material did you use? Um, sort of a, uh, one of the nickel copper, uh, polyester fabric, uh, sheets. You can sort of just get, she uh, through online in about 
48 by 36 inch pieces, give or take. Uh, so I kind of doubled it up, folded it over. So it uh, fits in a medium sized Pelican box quite nicely. I put some waterproof canvas on the outside of the bag, just sort of sewed it up nice. the seams, a bit of Velcro. Uh, basically modeled it after the professional bag that I have. And my next one, I'll make some other little tweaks and improvements. Um, I had a really neat conversation with uh, one of my coworkers who is restoring an old VW bug. Um, I would love to restore like, you know, an old carbureted pickup truck. Um, but uh, this, this friend who's restoring the bug was sort of saying there's a whole community. Uh, bugs were made to be easy for a regular person to repair. And you can still get parts for bugs from the 1970s. Like they're still made in Brazil as production. Um, so all of a sudden it's kind of pivoted my thinking to if that's going to be a first project car for me, um, maybe rather than jumping into a, a pickup truck, start with a VW bug. Cause I think uh, there's an entire community of people that are into rebuilding them and, and getting parts and sharing that knowledge. And uh, anyway, it was just a really interesting aha moment that, that I enjoyed. Um, I also met uh, one of my neighbors that I hadn't met. So just in terms of expanding uh, my local knowledge and uh, sort of wandered over, there was a, a bit of a fire going. So it was an excuse to go and say hello. And uh, Just a scheduled burn. Don't worry. The carbon monoxide wasn't too bad. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, but just in terms of getting to know the, the people around you, that's, uh, I think, an incredibly important part of... Uh, of building your local mag is just knowing your neighbors. So, so yeah, I think it was a productive week that way. Well played with the carbon monoxide. Well played. Mm -hmm. Ironically, um, I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're in the, uh, they, they have this horse stable and there's a chirping. I'm like, uh, is your smoke alarm need some attention? Well, we got the fire going outside, so I had to <laughs> turn it off so it stopped spooking the horses. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so I did a uh, little bit of fuel rotation. Uh, I was doing some yard work today and um, thankfully paying a little bit of attention. Um, as I'm cutting the grass, I'm like, why are there all kinds of these bees buzzing around this certain specific area of the lawn. And I go over to find a, I don't think they're bees. I think they were yellow jackets, but uh, they had a fairly substantial in the ground nest. Uh, so uh, a, I stayed away from them, didn't get bit and emptied about a half a can of raid on them. And I think uh, they're more or less gone for now. I'll check tomorrow, but um just, uh, you know, one of those things that you're not paying attention and you run over something like that and they go in full attack mode. Um, it cannot work out bad. well if you've got any kind of a, an allergy or or even if you just get stung a hundred times, it, yep. it's not going to be pleasant. I can attest. Thomas J. I, I had a, a patient recently who... Uh, was didn't ha quite have the situational awareness that you had, Jeff, and uh, fared very poorly <laughs> as a result. And uh, was probably one of my more serious patients that week. <laughs> so, we, we, a lot of lot of drugs to to keep things where they should be. Well, for myself, thankfully, no uh, no wasps for me. 
uh, <laughs> reorganized all of my portable ham gear. So uh, it was kind of getting strewn all over the place. There was bits and pieces here and other bits and pieces there. And then some of it in the truck and some of it back here in the closet. So uh, pulled it all together, put everything uh, according to which radio it actually goes with. Uh, I've got one of those little uh, Nimbot la uh, label makers. Fantastic. If, uh, if anybody's thinking about grabbing one, very, very handy. Uh, labeled everything up, got it all organized. It's now uh, packed away in little bag, smart bags per radio or per device or per cable setup and uh, all nice, neat and, uh, and organized for probably the next day and a half. And then it'll, of course, get all mixed up again. But at least for now, all, uh, all together. Um, for those of you on the Discord server, I spent some time kind of getting it uh, reorganized a bit and uh, made the verification process a little bit easier. So I've, uh, I've heard from a few that it was getting a little bit confusing and I can see why now. So uh, I've made it pretty straightforward. So if anybody's looking to hop on the Discord, uh, it's just a little green check mark now and then you get access to everything. So that was it for me. And once I take myself off mute, I can tell you that I got a smartwatch to count steps, which is pretty Ooh. cool. I've never I've never had such a thing before. Um, I managed to get in uh, about twelve thousand today, which was um, you know maybe a little excessive, but uh, it's really interesting to kind of see my day over day, and um, it kind of gives me a little buzz, remind me to get up and move around when I'm sitting at my desk and all of those things. Uh, other than that, I spent a lot of time working uh, and traveling for work. Uh, actually, went to a movie theater for the first time last night since before the beginning of COVID, saw Top Gun, which was actually pretty cool. Um, it was at least as good as the, as the original. So take that, you know, take that as the way that you, as the way that you will. Um, last week, I actually made a contact on my two meter, my two meter truck radio while I was driving down the 401 in Southern Ontario um, through a six meter repeater and was able to talk to Western Australia. And I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, to a that, Canadian yeah, that, of all that's things. pretty like cool. Yeah, so he's he's Canadian. He's in Australia. He has, um, yeah, he runs a uh, he runs a, a net a um, couple of times a week, um, which was pretty interesting. And he's uh, it rebroadcasts on a couple of local repeaters. So um, it's at like nine o'clock my time. So if I ever happen to be in my truck because my my uh, my base station isn't set up yet, but uh, I can jump on that. Um, did get a couple of accessories for my um, for my handhelds. I uh, got a kind of a shoulder mic, and a, I ran into some comms issues with my search and rescue team on an exercise three or four weeks ago. Um, so I got like a three foot antenna that screws into my bow fang, so I can uh, I can extend my extend my range up a little bit. Um, other than that, I've been, uh, I've mostly just been working. I've got a lot of training coming up, uh, over the next few weeks and that's about it for me. So we're just going to, uh, retitle this episode, ham radio episode and, uh, away we go. Boy, I wish we, I wish we thought of that before. I mean, we've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to see everybody's preps included communication this week. That's, uh, that's good. It's an important piece, right? So. Well, with that, how about we move in to the main topic? It doesn't have to do with ham radio, but I guess maybe it could if the lights are out and you're trying to fix your radio. You're going to need a flashlight and you're going to need some batteries in order to power said flashlight. 
So uh, we thought that we would make episode 174 all about uh, flashlights, batteries, and uh, kind of what we think about them, how uh, how we kind of use them in our uh, in our preparedness. And yeah, we're going to just talk all things flashlights and batteries today. So first off, I'm going to say that flashlights are like guns. You can never have too many. This is and true. It doesn't matter. It's, it, and flashlights are also like car horns. There's never one around when you want one. So, <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a big fan of having plenty of flashlights and having them strewn throughout um, the entirety of God's green earth, so that I can find uh, I can find one when I want one. Um, I'm also a big fan of standardizing. So using the fewest mm-hmm. number of battery types, which makes for better use of resources. Um, Absolutely. As I got into my, as I got into to uh, learning about search and rescue, I learned that most of the flashlights that th- that throw a lot of light out use eighteen six fifty batteries. Mm-hmm. So eighteen six fifty refers to a size, a specific size and voltage. There are um, there are all kinds of well, there's there's two or three different standards uh, to describe batteries. So we're all pretty familiar with like the AAA battery, for example. Um, it has like three or four other designations that mean the same thing. There's an LR designation, there's a numerical designation, there's usually a letter designation. Um, of course. Keep it simple, when, right? When I was when, <laughs> when I was a teenager, when I was a teenager, I actually worked at a uh, I worked at a store in a mall. Um, there it was a chain, it was called Battery Plus. So I actually learned a lot about how batteries work. Um, now that was before lithium ion, right? Those were like our, our choices were like lead acid, nickel metal hydride, and um, there's a third one that I now can't remember because everything is um, pretty much everything is lithium ion now. So, um, what I like about the 18650 batteries, they are cheap, they're easy to find, they last forever, um, they hold a charge really well, and you know, I have. 10 flashlights now that I'll take my that I'll take these 18650 batteries um, and there's an ad, there's an adapter that usually comes with them uh, well at least when I all the ones that I bought on Amazon that comes with it uh, where you can actually plug three AAA batteries into it into this adapter and run the flashlight with it so mm-hmm. if I manage to run out of you know all um, I think I have 14 of these batteries now between my uh, my kit and, and my wife's. Uh, if we manage to run out of all of those, uh, we can we can fall back to uh, to AAA batteries. Um, and then I've also got some AAA um, some AAA flashlights as well. That you know, again, it's it's about using the same um, using the same battery for everything, so that I don't, so that I can stock more of one thing and and make it more versatile. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things I, I wanted. Fifties rechargeable, Alan. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. They're uh, they look like a big AAA uh, or a big AA battery. Um, you know, they're a little bit longer than a C cell, a little bit you know bigger, a little bit bigger around than a AA, but not uh, not as big as a C or D. Um, all of my lights have come with a charger as well, so I have like I think I have two, four, six, or seven. Flashlights now that take eighteen six fifty batteries, ten maybe. Um, I get a little uh, get a little uh, spacey when I start ordering things on Amazon, and a bunch of stuff shows up a couple of days later, and I have no idea what it was. But I get a lot of batteries, um, so I have like three or four chargers, um, and so I've got like I've got twelve volt chargers, and I've got USB chargers, and I've got wall plug chargers, and um, what I like about the USB chargers is I can throw them, I can plug them into the uh, you know, plug them into the, uh, you know, either the console of my truck if I'm running that, or uh, fold open the solar panel on the dashboard or on the, uh, you know, on the bed of the truck, and charge the batteries during the day so that they're ready to go for nighttime. 
Um, so I like that's one of the things I like about them. And they, uh, yeah, so they're they're all rechargeable. They're they're lithium ion. I've got a couple of, uh, got a couple of like waterproof cases for them, so that you know, because especially when you're out searching, everything gets wet, like really really wet. Um, <laughs> Even if it's not raining, somehow your things still manage to get wet. So I keep I keep everything in plastic baggies, or um, in this case, I keep them in. Uh, I like to keep them in hard cases that are padded, so that they don't uh, they can't touch each other and and short out. A um, couple of things to touch on: most flashlights are not intrinsically safe, which means they will actually throw off an external spark or or generate static electricity. Um, so if you're doing something like looking for the you know. Seeing if the gas, you know, if, gas, if you've got a gas leak in your basement, uh, make sure that what you've got is intrinsically safe. So, the things you buy on Amazon, probably not. Um, two brands that I know make intrinsically safe lights are Pelican and Streamlight. I imagine Surefire does. Actually, I know Surefire does as well. Um, but just you know, make sure that something is is safe and sealed before you use it in a potentially hazardous environment. Um, you know, like around a wood gasifier or, you know, whatever. Because um, it's, it's, they're all capable of putting off a spark. Um, there are a few different options for the, for the light source, right? LED is probably the standard now. I think most, most lights are now LED. Uh, you can still get some of the old, the old school like mag lights that have a halogen bulb in them. Um, they tend not to last as long. The LEDs are, you know, they take less power to run. They are um, brighter. They last longer, but they run on a chip. So if, you know, an EMP is part of your your big worries in life, then uh, go find the old school mag lights because they have, um, they still run on halogen and no electronics. So that's uh oh i have one more flashlight and actually i might just turn on my camera and show off this turn on my camera instead of turning off my microphone this one here i got a princess auto like 10 years ago it runs on little lr44 button cell batteries so it just it's just got a little tiny nice. opening in the back and something that just fell out um but the thing i really like about it so it's led i don't have batteries in it right now but it has a little magnet on an extension rod, so I can shine the light on the on the thing that I dropped, and then pick it up. Uh. I think it, I think this cost me about nine bucks at Princess Auto, and it's at least ten years old. And I have no idea if it's still available or not. But I enjoyed that one. That was one of my favorite lights. It's utterly brilliant. That is. It is. Mm-hmm. Also, oh. Melissa, I don't want a liter of cola. I want a large Farva. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic! Or the or the other way around. I keep forgetting which one. I keep screwing that up. But yeah, I think we've decided the mustache yeah, is here a, to stay. So. Yeah, yeah. He, he wants a liter of cola. That's, that's yeah, that's right. He wants a liter. I don't of want a large far, far, far. I want a goddamn liter, liter of cola. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I, I could quote the whole movie. I'm sorry. Uh, so, I believe that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I like the point of of having all consistent battery types across your your flashlights that also power other things in your kit. So making sure that things are consistently all double A, triple A, uh, the eighteen six fifty with the uh, the case holder, great idea. I had a flashlight uh, that had that with it, and it was it was awesome because there'd be times that it'd be out for hours on end, and that eighteen six fifty if it dies, at least you got some backup um, double A's you can put into that uh, that case, slide it back into the uh, back into the flashlight, and then you're back in business. 
So it's uh, it's good, and it's it's not something well, that people always think about either, right? Especially if you're if you're standardizing amongst your team, right? So whether that's your mag or people you work with or whatever, um, it happens all the time. Where you know my battery will die, I can just you know go to my, go to the the guy on my left and say, "Hey, can I grab an extra battery from you?" And yeah. because we all use the same because we all use the same battery types, um, we can just swap it out, and then he's got a dead battery for me to recharge, and I take his battery yep. and I recharge it. And um, I forget who it was that we were talking about with it might have actually been Pierre um, who has a um, um, has you like has actual USB plug 18650 so it takes just a mini USB plug Um, I I don't have any of those but I think those are pretty I think those are pretty awesome Um, I might know a guy that can get them it's power. It's power on the go, right? You can, you can, if you've got a, if you've got a, a solar panel or whatever, right? It's, it's power on the go. So yep. I like that. Uh, I love that concept. Yeah, they, they're, uh, they're handy. And they come in double A, triple A uh, varieties. Also, I, I love being able to just plug a USB cable right in. Makes it so, so much easier without having to have that. Especially if it's a proprietary charger, that just yep. makes life so difficult. Yeah, again, standardizing all your things, right? Because chances are you're going to have other USB devices with you that you want to charge. So if you can find a flashlight that uses that same type of connector, then great. You can charge that device that you have. You can charge your flashlight. Um, or even if you're looking to charge that other device and it's not the same, at least all you need to carry with you is another cable. Um, chances are it's going to be like a USB-A at the uh, the charging end, and then you can plug in your different devices to to charge them up so it's always it's always about making your devices or your the things that you're carrying with you multi multi-purposed so well like i've got i've got a couple of headlamps i got at uh, i got at sale mm-hmm. in like 15 bucks um and they're just they're they're all usb chargeable so i can just you know i can plug yeah. it in again plug it into my truck um i've got i don't know maybe four or five of them because again i i just buy them a lot because <laughs> uh, it, it you know two is two is one none is, one is none and four you know four is almost enough sometimes um but i can i can keep a couple of those in my truck and then you know i get stuck on the side of the road at night and i've got something right there that i can um that i could that i can work with and i i mean i love headlamps they keep your hands free they yep. um they put light exactly where you're looking which is nice as long as you're not trying to you know look at people and talk to them it's uh <laughs> it's it's not it so depends bad. on whether or not you uh, want them to see you or not i suppose well and in my case like i'm taller than most people <laughs> so i'm usually lighting up the top of their head if i'm uh if i'm wearing a headlamp but um yeah, that could work to your advantage you know, in certain situations ab- absolutely it could but yeah. um i've got i've got you know, my first foray into eighteen six fifty batteries was a headlamp. It's got like nine, nine different settings on it, and it'll you know it'll blind you from a quarter mile out. Yep. Uh, great headlamp for you know breaking bush at night. Um, would hate to be would hate to be on you know somebody looking at me while I'm wearing it. Um, but my you know I've also got those little those little LEDs in there. You know I've got red LEDs. You know they've got a red LED in them, and they've got the the whites, and they're they just plug in, and I think they charge about twenty minutes, and you know it'll last all night for what you need it so that's uh it's another thing to look for is right even just a sealed unit that has um that has an external charger yeah let's uh let's talk touch on that for a second uh just the fact that you can get flashlights with different colors associated to them so everybody always thinks about just the bright white light but getting a flashlight with a red light in it is going to assist with not there you go with not messing up your night vision at night so you can still see what's going on you can still illuminate things in front of you 
but it's not going to break up your night vision where you have to readjust again to uh, to being out in the dark. So, and especially it's, it's very handy to have. Especially if the red light has a dimmer function, so you can turn it down to near nothing. Mm-hmm. You see enough that you're not tripping over something, but your night yep. vision is perfectly intact. Yep. There are also other flashlights that have different colors. For example, green. If you're working medical and you're looking for blood, having a red light doesn't help you any. Nope. <laughs> so you don't want to kill your night vision with a bright white light, but you need something other than red so um, yeah green and green just makes blood show up yeah like it, just, it just makes it glow Pur- purple does the same thing yeah um just one of the things to be aware of if you're going to use a colored light uh, if you're doing something like navigating if you're trying to read a map i learned this one the hard way uh if you're using a red light and you're trying to follow a red line on the map um the red light dis- the red line disappears uh so you got to be you got to be kind of conscious of what you're uh yeah. what you're doing with that because uh, i was you know I was trying to I was trying to follow a, trying to follow a road. I was I was lost in the middle of Quebec in the middle of the night and didn't want to blind my driver. So I was um, I was literally I had a red I had a red light and I was I was trying to follow a map and like I think we're you know I, I see where I think we should be but there's no road here, so I have no idea. And then <laughs> like like something's wrong something's wrong. So eventually I said fine like I'm just gonna like. I'm just going to shield it and I'm going to turn it to white. And I'm like, Oh yeah, there's the road right there. So um, just be aware that it, it will wash out, you know, light, uh, light colors. So if you're looking for something that's green, don't use a green light. If you're looking for something that's red, don't use red light. Yep. Well, all good points. Another thing to keep in mind with uh, even just picking a flashlight is size and weight. So there are all kinds of different sizes. Adding more batteries, obviously, is going to add more weight. Even just the flashlight itself, what it's made out of, will make it heavier or lighter, depending on the material that's used. So something to keep in mind when you're putting your pack together, especially if you're going to throw, like, 10 flashlights in it, the weight adds up pretty quick. Yep. Three well, once you three throw the 10 flashlights lights. and the 20 can openers, you got nothing left, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's one thing I yeah. don't have is a flashlight can opener. <laughs> probably make one. Uh, I think we're going to have to now. <laughs> yeah. We'll throw the logo on it. We'll put it on the online store. Yeah. Actually, just I just bought a, I, I bought a knife at sale. I was, probably should have gone in my what did I do lately for preps. I bought a, I bought a knife nice. at sale that had a bottle opener in the in the tang. And a, no, like a, and a window breaker. So that was nice. anyways. Uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, like I you know, way back when I was a rent a cop, we, you know, we used to carry like the three, you know, the four C cell or four D cell mm-hmm. mag lights. Um, because, you know, if I Look were to accidentally drop it, it would be really easy to find, you know, that's, that's why, of course, yep. um, it had nothing to do with being a, a, a tool of opportunity for self-defense, but it was, uh, you know, they're, they're great, right? They certainly do the job. You know, you can, you can swing it with some weight behind it. Um, allegedly break some windows, Although I don't have any direct knowledge of that, um, no idea. But at the same nice time, you, you know, holding, you know, carrying carrying that on your carrying that on your uh, on your belt for twelve hours a night is uh, is rough, right? That's you know, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of weight. So it's a lot of weight you don't um, you have realize to, you until you take it off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right, you don't realize that all. You know, I've been walking in slightly left circles because I wear it on my because I was wearing it on my left hip. Yep. <laughs> um, but some, you know, some lights. Here's another one. This is another 18650 light. I don't know if you guys can see that, but it's got a uh, it's got kind of a, a wave to the yep. um, to the bezel on it, which is you know 
allegedly designed to help and impact. Never tried it, but I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that. Get blinded by the light and then smacked in the face with something that's aluminum and kind of pointy. That yep. would kind of suck. So I'm sure it would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's the, what's the old rule? Anything harder than your face is a weapon. So. Yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh. <laughs> Uh, some other things yeah. to keep in mind with flashlights, uh, since we're talking about batteries and such, storage concerns. So if you're going to be storing uh, flashlights like out in your vehicle or, say, in a cabin that's not going to be heated for a certain period of time or even uh, where the heat gets really high, uh, so again, in a car or cabin or something, something that's not uh, conditioned, uh, those batteries, you're going to want to make sure that, um, A, they can withstand that type of heat or B, that they are not in said vehicle or area because they can cause some, some problems or it could cause them to malfunction and not operate when you actually need them. So. And or take the batteries out for storage so that should they start corroding, that too. you just replace the battery, you're not sort of damaging the equipment. The whole light. Yep. I was just going to say, I don't, I don't keep my batteries in my flashlights except when I'm going to use them um, for that exact reason. Um, you know, something gets corroded. You can, you might be able to, you might be able to scrape it clean, but for the most part, um, for the most part, you're just going to be, uh, you're going to be writing off that, you're going to be writing off that light and the batteries. Whereas I find, you know, if I take them out of the, uh, if I take them out of the, out of the bat, out of the flashlight, and I keep them separate, I like to keep them in plastic bags so they don't roll around. Or, you know, with my 18650s, I keep them in a hard case. I've never had a problem with them corroding. They have a tendency to uh, to wear out, like they have the tendency to you know expire before they before they corrode that way. Denny's got a good point in the live chat. He says, uh, you know, if you if you are going to leave your flashlights in, in a vehicle or, or elsewhere, or even regardless, I think it doesn't really matter where you're going to leave them. Check them once a month. Make sure they work. I know that's a rare thing for us to suggest on this uh, this podcast to check your gear and know how to use it. Um, but hey, come episode on. 174, we're finally going to say it. We're uh, finally getting around to the part <laughs> where you should check your gear before you rely on it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're finally getting there. Uh, but yeah, great point. Make sure that uh, you're checking your lights and making sure that they're operating as you s- expect them to because uh, you don't want the first time to realize there's a problem be the time that you actually need some light. Absolutely. So great point there, Denny. What was Thank your you. definition of emergency preparedness from your news article? <laughs> Making bad things less scary. <laughs> I think it fits right in there. Look at that. Look at that. Absolutely. I think uh, in 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 the same vein as uh, as flashlights, we should give the little dotted lights from uh, I think it was 3M that used to make those, and I know there's a million knockoffs now. But the little yeah. battery powered lights—they have a little sticky on them. They take you to AA or AAA, and you can put them anywhere and just kind of push the button. Oh, you, you push the them. light and yep. it turns on, turns yep. off. Yeah. Uh, I think those deserve those deserve an honorable mention. We're uh, absolutely part of yep. our part of our plan to have them in the bathroom, so that if the power goes out, I can just you know if it's you know just above the just above the the, uh, the light switch, because you know I, I go in, I, I I hit the light switch, and if I miss it, then I, you know I took, hit the light switch, nothing happens. I just hit the dotted above, and I've got at least enough light that I can see what I'm doing. Yeah, in, I've, uh, you I've know, got, the I've got the exactly uh, I've got exactly that. It's an LED. It's got a magnet yeah. on the back, so it'll stick on. It's got a hanger; it'll hang up. Same thing. It's just got the button on the front of it. You just turn yep. it on, turn it off. So a couple of those. Leave those in the leave those in the places where you uh, where you where you kind of need them the most. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I got I've got one stuck right in, right on the. Uh, I put a little uh, 
piece of metal on the wall just inside my front door and this one sticks right by the front door so i know exactly where it is i come in there's no power i can click it right yeah. away and i've got some light and yeah you've got you've got some light to get to your to get to your flashlights <laughs> and start up your generator and all that good stuff that's good uh, a couple other things to consider with flashlights uh, runtime so how much time do you actually think you're going to need that light um, and then obviously that'll determine kind of the size and the, uh, the type of batteries and such that you're going to need but uh, I think runtime is not something people really think about a lot they just think oh I want a big bright flashlight and that's it but realistically how long do you think you're going to be using it for is it going to be just a couple minutes a couple hours a couple days Right? And then you need to size accordingly. Well, I think it's also interesting. A lot of packaging for flashlights now includes runtime as a description. Yep. And especially if it's a flashlight that has multiple settings, it'll be yep. high setting, you can get three hours out of it. Low setting, you can get 27 hours out of it or 60 hours. Like it's a really profound difference. So it's probably worth paying attention to because most of the time you don't need that high setting. Sure, if you're looking through a cornfield, absolutely. If you're just trying not to trip on the the way to the campfire, low setting is more than enough. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're talking about uh, uh, cornfields and trying to get to uh, trying to get to various spots. Um, brightness or lumens is also something that you're going to want to look into. Um, oh, and Dale's got a good uh, good question in the yeah, live chat. Dale's got a, a question in the in the live chat here. Uh, any recommendations for headlamps? Well, I was just talking about uh, the ones the ones I got from Sale. Um, they're small, like they take up no space. They're super light. Um, they're LED. They're USB rechargeable. Uh, they come with a cord even, so you can just uh, you can just plug it in wherever you've got a USB plug. Um, so I like those. Um, I also have some super bright ones. Now I got those from. I want to say it was Stealth Angel Survival, but they're they're pretty generic. You can you can get them on Amazon. Um, there's there's lots of options out there. Um, my recommendation is either something that is self-contained, like the one that's USB chargeable, or something that fits your double uh, A, triple A, whatever your standard is. Uh, like I've got a headlamp that lives in my kind of lives in my like little go bag that. That goes with me in my, you know, in my lunchbox. Um, I got it at, uh, I got it on clearance at Lowe's. It was made by Craftsman. It has white and red LEDs. It takes double A's, which isn't my favorite, um, but I bought it kind of before I had this vision of standardization. So I'm not going to get rid of it. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but I think it was 18 bucks. I've used it, you know, maybe once or twice a year. It does a great job, and. Like I said, it wasn't like it wasn't expensive. I just keep a couple of batteries in a plastic bag, kind of you know wrapped around the hand, wrapped around the uh, um, the uh, the head strap, and then when I need it, I've got something right handy. Yeah, I, I I've got something very similar when uh, when I'm out grooming for the with the groomer, and it's it's just um, our boss bought them, and they're uh, Yankee bought a dozen of them and got a a good deal got paid like 15 bucks for them but the, the part that i like about it is that they are the usb rechargeable and um you know so once you're done you finished whatever you're doing and, and they last a long time it's got it's got one bright spotlight and then just kind of more of a generic illumination on it and they'll they'll run for a long time before you need to charge them up so and it of course then you're not worried about hanging on to the flashlight out in the middle of nowhere in the pitch dark when you gotta tighten up a do some work on the machine or something. And like, if you spend time outdoors, don't buy 
camouflage flashlights. If you drop it and it's off, you want something that's pretty brightly colored to be able to find it. Uh, <laughs> this yeah. this may or may not be from experience, um, but if you like, it might look cool to have. You know, you might think you might think it looks cool, but it, it's cool until you go to look for it. Um, like I've got I've got pelican lights that are that are bright bright yellow, and are they obnoxious to to have kind of sitting around? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but if I drop that, I'm going to be able to find it. Um, now that said, most of my most of my flashlights are black because that's the color that's available to them. Um, but there's nothing, you know, most, you know, some of them, you know, I'll take some, take some, you know, reflective tape and uh, put a little band around it so I can find it in a dark, uh, in a dark corner. Yep. Yeah, my, camouflage, uh, camouflage is always good until mother nature decides she likes your headlamp more than you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. My, um, my EDC, headlamp is uh i i'm standardized on AAA. i'm happy with that uh it's a little waterproof night eyes one that does red light also and has a dimming feature and i find it's just the most versatile lovely helpful one uh to pierre's comment in the live chat about uh, adapters for clamping onto hard hats they also make brim cap ones that you can even just get at dollarama um, so for work, uh, for a hard hat, like I'll just have a little brim light one that has about five LEDs in it, runs on a couple of button cell batteries and through accomplishes everything. It's out of the way. doesn't get in the way of the visor of a, uh, like a clear visor for an extrication helmet or a chainsaw helmet. Um, so I, I think those are a handy, handy little option. Yeah. You don't realize how handy having a light actually on your head out of your hands focused on what you're looking at is until you actually start using one and then you'll never go back 100 percent. yeah they're super handy to have and don't don't not get a handheld flashlight always have that in your kit as well but yeah a good uh a good light source attached to your head is uh is a fantastic thing to have uh, a couple other things to think about so flashlight wise uh impact durability you know, again, you're going to know more or less what you're going to get involved with and how you're going to be using your light and what kind of environments it's going to be in. But um, looking at uh, the durability of it is obviously going to play a role. Uh, and that also boils down again to what it's made out of. Uh, but you're going to want to look at those uh, those features for, for impact durability. And, you know, if, if you're going to be out bushwhacking a lot, you want something that's going to be a little bit more durable than, you know, just an average light to have on your nightstand in case the power goes out, right? So something you want to watch for and if you're going to be you know potentially using it as a tool for self-defense then uh, you probably don't want something that's cheap plastic this is true uh, and water resistance as well again if you're going to be outdoors you're going to want some kind of water resistant rating on it because uh, chances are if you're going to be using it outside there's going to be some form of water or rain or or something so so keep, uh, just keep in mind the, your operating environment and where you figure you're going to most likely be using your light and then plan accordingly. Um, let's touch on some alternate use, uses for flashlights. So, of course, there's the obvious use of um, illuminating things and making it easy to see in the dark. But uh, some other things, we've kind of touched on it already. Uh, obviously, don't plan this out for, uh, for use in, in the self-defense situation, but... 
if you find yourself in a less than desirable situation and the only thing you have is a flashlight and it's a weapon of opportunity and it's going to uh, save yourself from any kind of serious bodily harm or, or somebody else, well, it's there. It's in your hand. You've got Just it. Just be right? sure to call it a tool of opportunity when uh, when the police come asking. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, you didn't purposely plan to have that as a weapon to protect yourself. At it, any was never in intent- it was never intended as a weapon. It was a tool of opportunity. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You can hide things in them, right? So uh, say you've got an old light that's not working anymore for whatever reason. It's just stopped working. Uh, you can hide some stuff in there, uh, whether it be if it's, say, a waterproof uh, a body for the flashlight, you can put some matches in there, protect them from the weather. Uh, you can hide some cash in a flashlight, uh, anything, anything you can think of, uh, you know, just trying to obscure things. Around the- also wrap yeah, duct tape around the outside to make it more uh, more useful because yeah. I've never mm-hmm. been in a situation and thought, wow, I wish I didn't have 10 feet of duct tape right now. This is true. Like 20 feet, 30 feet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good spot to kind of obscurely hide things because who's going to think about, hey, maybe they hid their stuff. Well, now that they put it out on the internet, lots of people are going to think about it perhaps, at least the 10 of you that are watching. But um, beyond that... Uh, you can hide things in it and place it somewhere that a normal flashlight would be. And then in the unfortunate uh, circumstance of you maybe having somebody rifling through your stuff one day, they might not look at that flashlight because it's just a flashlight. Um, ambient light as well. So we usually think about using flashlights as a directed source of light. So I want to see that object. I point the light at that object or I want to see this direction, point the light that direction. But you can take a flashlight and say a plastic bottle filled with water shine the light through the uh, the top of the bottom of the bottle and then it will disperse the light uh, through the water and make it more of an ambient source um, versus a direct type of source. I've done this with a headlamp where I just put the headlamp around the jug and uh, I've done that camping. It works yeah. great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice soft light and, mm-hmm. you know, playing cards out at the out by the fire under the stars. It's a, it's a great little tool. Yeah, it throws a nice, nice amount of light out and, uh, yeah, it works quite well. Anybody else have anything else to add to uh, the flashlights? We have a we have a rule in the search team that uh, if we're going to be operating anytime near dark, that we carry like a, a cheap giveaway flashlight because most of the cops we work with they they tend to not have flashlights, so we can give them something that we're either, that we're okay with losing. Um, Home Depot often has they'll often have like you know, a pack of eight or 10, you know, really little AAA LEDs uh, with the batteries, you know, in a blister pack for, you know, 15 bucks or something. Um, so we keep, a, we keep a few of those around that we can just give away. And if they come back, great. And if not, well, who cares? Um, it's a great point. Just because, yeah, just because, you know, if I, you know, you, you lens, lend something out, you got to expect to not get it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Across all of your preps, we've always said uh, in, in previous episodes, always have kind of a, a throwaway stash or something that you can kind of hand out that you don't expect to, to see back. It's a great point on flashlights. There's always going to be that person that just doesn't have one. Good well, point. And uh, I, I have the exact same approach where I have some nice ones and some sort of cheapies that if they don't come back, you know, I've had guests over at the house that walked over and they're going home after dark. Well, here you go. Take, <laughs> you know, f- find your way home safely with this, yep. um, you know, or, or at work. Yeah. Something gets destroyed because whatever, it's one of the, the cheapy ones. No big deal. I'm, I'm okay with that. 
Well, great points. Um, I'm going to touch on, I love the, uh, there's a great pistol grip Canadian tire uh, rechargeable spotlight, USB rechargeable, waterproof. I have at least a dozen of them, have them on the boat, have them at most of the doors, the exterior doors of the house, so that you know, if the dogs are outside and there's some sound that isn't right, I instantly have a great big spotlight to, to take a peek mm-hmm. at what's going on. Uh, I think they're fantastic. Um, and like all things uh, Canadian Tire, they sort of have a fairly hefty price tag, but those ones go on sale not infrequently. Uh, spoiler alert, that is not the deal of the week this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, 18650s I like, but I don't find them as easy to come by as uh, I mean yeah if I can order them online and have them delivered my house in good resource of plenty times awesome but I worry that if I'm scavenging for stuff after the fact I mean picture the disaster movie where someone's rifling through you know uh, the trunk of a car uh, uh, an old boathouse or something trying to find something and you know odds are there's going to be um, you know double A's or triple A's and if I need to power my carbon monoxide detector, I you know I need to be able to find those batteries. So as long as you have that adapter and you have the option of of changing, sort of uh, more options. But uh, I I look at AA and AAA and just how readily available they are. Um, so that that's something that's important to me. I'll I'll defer to to Alan here to to retort my points. Oh, no, that's that's absolutely that's absolutely correct. Like you have to have that adapter, otherwise they're they're pretty well useless. Uh, and because there's like three point seven volts instead of one point five, like you can't even you can't even do the old tinfoil thing where you pack the rest of the space with with a conductor and put the battery in. Like it just it, it simply won't work. So um, no, you're hundred you're hundred percent right that uh, if you don't have a good stock, and that's you know if you don't have a good stock of them, then you're you're in trouble because I don't think I've ever seen eighteen six fifty batteries or tools that use 18650 batteries on a retail shelf anywhere. Um, now maybe that's just where I shop, but you know, you can, you can buy double AA, a triple a batteries at the, you know, at, at anywhere, every gas, every gas station, every dollar store, every, every, uh, every drugstore, literally, literally everywhere. Um, you can buy, you can buy double AA, a triple A's, but, uh, but those ones are definitely harder to come by. So, I mean, I've got, I think 14 batteries between the two of us. And then, you know, most of our search team is on 18650s. So we've, you know, we're, we're kind of standardized for what we use it for. I think it's, I think it's great. Um, now I also have another, you know, maybe dozen or so flashlights that I have at home and they're all triple A for that reason, right? So yep. I can I can either power the big flashlights with the AAAs or I can just power my standard lights. Like my my little O light that I carry on a just lives in my pocket on a daily basis. It's it's an it you know it's a single it's a single AAA battery. My you know the headlamps that aren't you know that aren't uh, USB rechargeable, they run on AAAs except for that one that I have that just kind of lives in the lives in the, the nether regions of my of my closet, right? Of my of my uh, my kits because it's just there. Um, but if I'm buying something, I'm aiming at AAA. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yep. Denny's got another good point here in the live chat, uh, just in regards to another battery type we haven't touched on yet is the uh, the CR one twenty threes. So they're small little guys. Those used to be um, camera batteries way back in the day. Yep. And, then, yeah, and I've seen and them pretty standard in flashlights for a while now. And they pack quite a and punch, the flashlights that use them. 
Absolutely, but those are spendy batteries, and they're they not rechargeable. Are. The last ones, oh. the last ones that I got were uh, were not rechargeable anyway. So, I have yeah, actually I seen those at uh, at Dollarama before, and I was pleasantly surprised because just for you know some of the like remotes that use them, that sort of thing, um, you know, it's uh, uh, yeah hard to come by, uh, but nice when you find them. Um, in terms of preps, uh, having disposable batteries around is great. Uh, having the ability to recharge them, I think, is very important. Mm -hmm. Realistically, if we're in a resource-limited situation, whatever I have on my property is what I have access to. So I've got some disposable batteries. Amazing. If I have rechargeables and have sunlight or a generator or a dynamo hand crank or a wood gas fire, yeah, I have a way is. of, obviously, uh, I have a way of recharging those batteries and they are a vessel for energy that I can collect from somewhere else. That being said, and I'm going to put this out uh, to the audience at large, there was a time when they were advertising um, an alkaline battery recharger and I don't have any experience with these, but I want to put it out to the audience. Uh, has anyone used one of these where they're made to recharge disposable batteries? Uh, in theory, you get maybe 10 or 12 life cycles out of them. Not as much as a regular, but if we're in a resource-limited situation and you can track down some dead batteries, those are of no value to anyone else. All of a sudden, they're a huge value to you. Um, so I'll sort of put that out to the audience. If you have experience, please let us know. Feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Um, I'm interested in getting one because I think that'd be a, a useful bit to my preps, but I don't have any knowledge, so I'm asking smarter people than me. Yeah, I'd never heard of such a thing. Well, I, I've heard of it. I've never seen one. I've, I have no experience with it. I, I, I believe that they exist, at least on a theoretical level. Um, something had to charge that thing in the first place so it makes sense that it's you know the right the right electronic process or the right chemical process could recharge it but um i've never seen one in practice so i can't yeah. uh can't comment on it but yeah i'd love to hear if uh if such a thing actually exists and if it's usable so i anyway. bet i i bet that ian could find one on cpv or uh, cgn probably probably <laughs> if he ever bothered to show up don't know if anybody noticed but he's not here again today that guy. He's not here? That guy. Exactly. Your alter ego. The CGN, the CGN guy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah the, the other guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I realized that lead-acid batteries are probably impractical for flashlights, um, but I do want to touch on them where you have lead-acid batteries and you can get a battery maintainer. Um, a, a buddy of mine has a cottage that's totally off-grid. You make sure he does his solar cell battery. There's deep cycle batteries with a maintainer um, just to really extend that life and keep them healthy. That being said, looking at some of the rechargeable batteries, like for our portable, uh, portable radios at work, they hit end of service life because we charge them so frequently and um, they are a limited commodity. They don't recharge forever. So sort of bearing in mind, keeping those rechargeable batteries healthy, storing batteries with a charge. Most batteries, the easiest way to kill a rechargeable battery is just ignore it, <laughs> leave it. Leave it alone for a year, it's going to be hurting. Um, so in terms of that rechargeable battery service life, just 
being aware of you do have a limited number of charges on on these things when i'm sure we've all noticed when our cell phone batteries you know that built-in battery in your cell phone drops really quickly and charges really quickly well it's just got less capacity it's charging really quickly because it's only got half the capacity so of course it takes half as long to charge so uh, in terms of tempering expectations what um what we're sort of thinking of with rechargeable batteries just bearing that in mind and speaking of panelists that uh, don't bother to show up i see brad in the uh the live chat mentioning that uh he used to have one of those charges years ago. They were pretty good, but you had to use the good batteries or the best batteries. No dollar store specials. So, all right, pick, good to know. The pick Brad's brain the next time he decides to actually show up and not just lurk in the comments. This is why I ask smarter people <laughs> than me questions. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and a Brad. lot of those, a lot of those batteries, and I, and I'm not sure what type they were, but. We used to use them in our portable radios and stuff. They would get a memory. So if you yep. were if you were always doing, you know, if they were supposed to last, say, 15 or 16 hours, but you were always doing an eight-hour shift and you would turn it off and charge it and turn it off and charge it and turn it every, every time after, it would, it would get a memory and say, hey, it's been eight hours. I'm dead now, so... Yep. Yeah, the old uh, the old nickel metal hydride were like that. They were uh, they were like the early rechargeables, and they had that really awful memory. Um, all the old uh, all the old power tools like the Dewalton, Bosch Milwaukee, all those power tools used to run on those nickel metal hydride, and that was yeah, that was brutal. Like you'd see guys walk into the uh, you know walk into the charging to the charging station, and they were just running their drill, running every ounce of every ounce of power out of it that they could to try and get the the most charge. So it's. Uh, it, it's not so much a thing anymore with lithium ion, but with the uh, with the old style, it certainly was. And uh, I see in the live chat here why Brad's not uh, not on the panel this evening. He's uh, attending a can openers uh, operators anonymous meeting. So good for you, Brad. It's hard admitting <laughs> you need help. Uh, one <laughs> hack that I'd like to touch on is. Um, Forever ago, someone told me, you know, if you need, I want to say AA batteries, if you look at the x-ray of a 6-volt lantern battery, it's basically just a whole bunch of AA batteries all soldered together. Uh, likewise, most rechargeable batteries in everything from a Tesla car to your power tool, uh, your power tool pack probably contains 18650 cells that are just soldered together to make whatever voltage they need uh, as rechargeable lithium-ion batteries. So if you're in a situation where you're scavenging trying to put something together, that, you know, yeah, it's a six-volt lantern battery. Oh, wait a minute. All of a sudden, it's actually a bunch of smaller useful components that you can uh, sort of re repurpose elsewhere with a, a little, uh, little work. All kinds yeah, of fun stuff you can do with batteries. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that because I was actually going to bring up that, um, you know, flashlights are nice, but if, you're, if your power's out, it's nice to have something maybe a little bit bigger that will illuminate a whole room instead of one specific area. So I've got, uh, I've got a rechargeable lantern that just, just for that purpose, hang it off of a, a door opening somewhere or something, and it's a lot better to just, 
give you general illumination as opposed to a, a specific point for a, a flashlight. Not oh, good point. Yeah, there's all and one all final kinds of one final safety measure. Uh, nine volt batteries. Uh, don't lick them. Oh come on! <laughs> it's a great way to test whether there's any uh, whether there's any juice left in it or not. If you if your milk tastes like copper, it, there's it's juice. got some power left to it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which are also AAA batteries, right? Like a nine volt battery is AAA batteries uh, run series. There you go. Learn something new every day. Don't lick windows and don't lick batteries. Got it. <laughs> well, I mean, for you, we have to temper our expectations. Like the windows are, oh, like, if you have to not lick one of them, the windows are the safer bet. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, that right. happy note. Hey, Jeb, how about the weather? <laughs> I was gonna say, how about we move to the podcast challenge? Then we'll get to the weather. <laughs> so the podcast challenge for this evening is uh, lick a nine volt battery and let us know how it goes. No, uh, find a form of light. <laughs> that you can keep with you daily and then uh, let us know what you find. If it's powered by nine volt batteries, great. If it's powered by a can opener crank, even better. And, uh, yeah. Let us know if it, if it doesn't produce carbon monoxide, you get two extra points. There you go. By the way, there's points. <laughs> it's like whose lines anyway. <laughs> points mean nothing. Uh, let's move into the weather blurb for Jeff. So uh, the hurricane season that uh, hasn't been is finally starting to show some signs that it's going to pick up some steam. The forecasters take it for who they are, keep saying it's going to be an above average season. Um, we'll have to see. There presently are uh, tropical storm warnings in effect for parts of Texas and Mexico, which is good for them. They've been uh, through a, a pretty significant drought. Unfortunately, it's not going to move north and west enough to help out with the Lake Mead situation and all that. So um, there's not much they can do for that. Uh, I did put a link into uh, an article from the Washington Post for that. Um, for us in Canada, the, uh, the heat that's been stuck over the prairies, Alberta and Saskatchewan for the last couple of days is starting to break. Um, the problem with the heat, of course, is it has started several wildfires. So there are several places with air quality warnings due to the smoke. Uh, we're not anticipating any extreme weather, AKA tornadoes, uh, for anywhere in Canada this week. Again, that can always change. Uh, there are risks for isolated severe storms Wednesday. Um, what's going on right now, if you're anywhere in the GTA or Northern GTA, York, Durham, all that kind of area, uh, there is a whole bunch of very slow moving, uh, dropping a ton of rainstorms, and I'm getting all kinds of reports of uh, flooding, flooded basements, flooded roads. Uh, remember, if you're driving and you come across a, a road that's covered in water, don't keep going. Turn around, find another way to go. You don't know how deep the water is. You don't know how quick it's moving. It only takes uh, a few inches of water to actually uh, put a vehicle um, in motion and run you right off the road. So uh, anybody or who's do, in the state, let me know so I can point and laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anybody in the states, uh, U.S. is looking for a good weather resource. Uh, check out a guy named Ryan Hall. He goes by Ryan Hall, y'all. I've put a link to his YouTube channel in um, 
the show notes here. Uh, he's he's pretty uh, pretty up on what's uh, what's going on with U.S. weather. He's connected with a whole bunch of top name storm chasers, and he's uh, he's a good resource. Anything's coming, he'll usually give you a couple days notice of of what's coming. He'll live stream with uh, when weather's really bad. He's a very very good resource uh, down there. I wish we had something that good up here. Uh, Envir or sorry, Instant Weather Ontario is pretty good. Um, they're my go-to up here, but uh, Ryan's got them beat. You're Anyways. my go-to, Jeff. Pardon? You're my go-to. Hmm. Yep. I just wait for you to post something in our signal group. Yep. yep. Um, and outside of that, uh, that's about it for that. All right. All right. Uh, we got a deal of the week, do we, Scott? Well, conveniently, Canadian Tire this week has... Uh, flashlights? Uh, four- flashlights? Flashlights? <laughs> Batteries. <laughs> well, they do have lots of flashlights. Uh, nope. Just wa- watch for when that trigger one goes on, the pistol grip one goes on sales. Fantastic. Uh, they've got a 40-pack of AA's or a 30-pack of AAA, alkaline disposable, the Noma brand, 40% off. Uh, honestly, I don't think you can ever have too many batteries. So, yeah, I think that's a, a great little go-to. Very nice. Batteries are like ammo. It's only too many when you're trying to swim. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> so, uh, shout outs this week. Anybody? No shout outs. All right. The, uh, the inbox was dry. And uh, as far as iTunes or any kind of reviews across podcast land, there were uh, no written reviews. So, nothing to read out for this section. However, did we, was there not a, um, that I read somewhere, there was a list of, Top oh, podcasts, yeah. and we're like number three or four on the list. I, I, yeah, that was mentioned in the Discord, I believe. And uh, yeah, we did make the uh, the list, and uh, <laughs> I don't remember which list it was, but it was a list, and we were on it. Self so help. Uh, back in December, I want to say we were number six on somebody's top ten prepper podcasts, and yep. it was like. Uh, we were up there with like the you know casual preppers and prepping 2.0 and you know a whole bunch of other guests that we've had like the doctor doctor Alton, yep. uh, the uh, the doom and bloom show like there were um, that was a that was a pretty uh, pretty elite list yeah. and I think I, I think we were all kind of we were all pretty proud to be on that one so I don't know if oh, that's yeah. the same list or not um, I think it was a more updated should, uh, one but there were similar names on it so fantastic it's, uh, it's good to see it's really nice to see that uh that we're making our way up the list with uh with some of the big players so yep absolutely kind of cool well with that i will bring uh, episode number 174 of the canadian prepper podcast uh, to an end you can find the podcast on itunes podbean spotify or of course your favorite podcast app uh, please do help us out submit a review it does help other people find us and gets us on lists that we want to be on And we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, and if you want to be in the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. It gives you an alert when we're going live. We love hearing the comments in the in the live chat, and we love getting them on there, um, putting them up on the screen, or you'll you'll hear about them if you're a, if you're a listener instead of a watcher. Uh, if you want to contact me, you can get me at Alan. That's with one L at PrepperPodcast.ca. Once in a while, I even actually check that email. (laughs) 
And if you uh, want to reach me, you can just send a generic message through feedback at prepperpodcast.ca and Eric will send the carrier pigeon out at some point to get it to me. Possibly. We'll see. Uh, like Jeff, I'm not responsible enough to have my own email address. So feedback at prepperpodcast.ca works for Scott or you can come find me uh, in the Discord group. I will deliver mail to Scott, no problem. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, no worries. So uh, please check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat. You can also email me at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning.